0: a journey, but before he went, he asked each daughter what gift he should bring them. Bringing back for her, the eldest wished for pearls, the second for jewels, but the third, who was called Lily, said, "Dear father, bring me a rose." Now, now, it was not, it was no easy task to find a rose. For it was in the middle of of winter, yet as she was his prettiest daughter and was very fond of flowers, her her father said he would try what he could do. So he kissed all three and bid them goodbye. And when the time came for him to go home, he had bought pearls and jewels for the two eldest, but he had sought everywhere in vain for the rose. And when he went into any garden and asked for such thing, the people laughed at him and asked him whether he thought roses grew in snow. This grieved him very much, for Lily was his dearest daughter. And as he was journeying home, thinking what he could bring her, he came to a fine castle. And around the castle was a garden, and one half of which it seemed to be summertime, and in the other half, winter. On one side, the finest flowers were in full bloom, and on the other, everything looked dreary and buried in snow. A lucky hit said a lucky a lucky hit," said he as he called the servant. A lucky hit," said he, as he called to his servant and told him to go bring, to go to a beautiful bed of roses that was there and bring him away one of the finest flowers. This is this done. They were riding away, well pleased. Then up sprang a fierce lion and word out, "Whoever has stolen my roses shall be eaten up alive!" Then the man said, "I knew not that the garden belonged to you. Can nothing save my life?" "No," said the lion. "Nothing, unless you undertake to give me whatever meets you on your return home. If you agree to this, I will give your life and the rose too, for your daughter." But the man was unwilling to do so and said, "It may be my youngest daughter who loves me the most and always runs to greet me, to greet, to meet me when I get go home." Then the servant was greatly frightened and said it may be perhaps only cat or or a dog and at least the man yielded with a heavy heart and took the rose and he would give the lion whatever should meet him first on his return as he came home near home it was lily his youngest and dearest daughter that met him she came running and kissed him and welcomed him home and when she saw that he had brought her the rose she was still more glad but her father began to be very sorrowful and to weep saying alas my child i brought this flower from a high place for i have said i would give you to the wild to a wild lion and when he has you he will tear you in pieces and eat you then he told her all that had happened and said she she should not go and and let what would happen. But she comforted him and said, Dear father, the lion the word you gave you have given must be kept. I will go to the lion and soup him. Perhaps he'll let me come safe home again. The next morning she asked the way the way she was to go, and took leaving her of her father, and went forth with a bold heart into the wood. But the lion was an enchanted prince. By day he and all his court were lying, but in the evening they took their right form again. And when Lily came to the castle, he welcomed her so courtly that she agreed to marry him. The wedding feast was held, and they lived happily together a long time. The prince was only to be seen as soon as the evening came, and then he held his court. But every morning he left with his bride and went away by himself. She knew not till night, till the night came again. After some time he said to her, Tomorrow there will be a great feast at your father's house, for your eldest sister is to be married, and if you wish to go visit her, my lions shall lead you thither. Then she rejoiced much at the thought of seeing her father once more and set out with the lions. Everyone was overjoyed to see her, for they had thought her dead long since but she told him how happy she was and stayed till the feast was over, then went back to the woods. Her second sister soon after married, and when Lily was asking to go to the wedding, she said to the prince, I will not go alone this time. You must go with me. But he could not, and said that it would be a very hazardous thing, for at least the wretch, for if the least ray of torchlight should fall upon him; his enchantment would still be would become still worse, for he would sh- should be changed into a dove and be forced to wander about the world for seven long years. However, she came she gave him no rest and said she would take care, no, no light should fall upon him, so at least they set out together and took with them their little child and she chose a large hall with thick torches for him to sit in while the wedding torches were lighted. But unluckily no one saw that there was a crack in the door. Then the wedding was held with great pomp, but as the train came from the church and passed with torches before the hall, a very small ray of light fell upon the prince. In a moment he disappeared and his wife came in and looked for him she only found a white dove, and it took to her seven years. I must fly up and down over the face of the earth, yet every now and then i will I will let fall a white feather that will show you the way I am going, follow it, and at least you may overtake and set me free. Then he said, this said, he flew out to the door, and poor Lily followed, and every now and then a white feather fell sh- and showed her the way she was to journey. Thus she went roving on through the wide door and looked neither to the right hand nor the left, nor took rest for seven years. Then she began to be glad and thought to herself that the time was fast coming when all her troubles would end. And yet she, and yet repose was still far off. For one day as she was traveling, when she missed the white feather and when she lifted up her eyes, she could nowhere see the dove. Now, thought she to herself, no aid of men could be used to me. So she went to the sun and said, the shinest everywhere on the hill's top in the valley's depths, hast thou anywhere seen my white dove? No, said the sun, I have not seen it, but I will give th- thee a casket, open it when thy hour of need comes. So she thanked the sun and went on her way till evented and when the moon arose she cried in unto it and said thou shinest through the night over the field and grove hast thou nowhere seen my white dove no said the moon i cannot help thee but i will give thee an egg break it when need comes then she thanked the moon and went to till the night wind blew she raised up her voice and said thou blowest." Through every tree and under every leaf hast thou seen my white dove? No, said the night wind, but I will ask three other wind. Perhaps they have seen it. Then the East Wind and the West Wind came, and they said they too has not f- seen it. But the south wind said, I have seen a white d- dove. He has fled to the seven to the Red Sea and is changed once more into a lion. For the seven years I passed away, and there he is fighting with the dragon, and the dragon is an enchanted pr- princess who seeks to separate him from you. Then the night wind said, "I will give thee counsels. Go to the Red Sea on the right shore, stand many rocks, count them, and when thou comest to eleven, break it off and smite the dragon with it. And so the lion will have the victory, and both of them will appear to you as in their own form." forms they looked they look around and thou will see a griffin winged like a bird sitting by the red sea jump onto his back with thy beloved one as quickly as possible and he will carry thy you over the waters to your home i will also give thee this nut continued the night when when you are halfway over throw it down out of the waters and will immediately spring up enough to on which the griffin will immediate, will be able to rest on, otherwise he would not have the strength to bury the whole way. If, therefore, you don't, don't forget to throw the net, he will let you both fall through into the sea. So our poor wander went forth and found all as the night wind had set, as she plucked the eleven rock, rod and smite, and smote the dragon the lion forthwith became a prince and the dragon a princess skin but no sooner was the princess released from the spell than she seized the prince by the arm and sprang onto the griffin's back and went off carrying the pr- prince away with her then the unhappy traveler was again forsaken and forlorn but she took her heart and said as far as the wind blows and so long as the crop." the cock crows. I will journey on till I find him again. She went on for a long, long way till at a length she came to the castle whither The princess had carried the prince and there was a feast gotten ready. She heard that the wedding was about to be held. Heaven aid me now and she said she and she took the casket that the the son had given her and, and found what that within it lay a dress as dazzling as the sun itself so she put it on and went into the palace and went into the palace and all the people gazed upon her and the dress pleased the bride so much that she asked whether it was to be sold not for gold and silver she said she but for flesh and blood the princess asked what she meant let me speak with the bridegroom this night in his chamber and i will give thee the dress alas the princess agreed but she told her Chamberlain to give the princess a sleeping drop the, the prince a sleeping drop that he might not hear or see her when evening came and the prince had fallen asleep she led into his chamber and she sat himself down at her feet and said I followed thee for sev- the seven years and I have been to the sun and the moon and the night went to seek thee and at last I have helped thee to overcome the dragon Will Thu then forget me quite? But the prince all the time slept so soundly that her voice only passed him over him and seemed like the whistling of the wind among the fight fir trees. Then poor Lily was led away and forced to give up the golden dress. And when she saw that there was no hope for her, she went out into the meadow and sat herself down and wept. But as she sat, she bethought herself of the egg that the moon had given her. And when she broke it, there ran out a hen and twelve chicks of pure gold that played about and nestled under the old one's wing. So as to form the most beautiful sight in the world, She and she rose up and drove them before her till the bird saw from the window and was so pleased that she came forth and asked for if she could sell them the brew. And then... Not for gold or silver, but for the flesh and blood. Let me again this evening speak with the bridegroom in his chamber, and I will give thee the whole word. Then, the princess thought to betray her as before, and agreed to what she asked. But when the prince came, went to his chamber, and asked the chamberlain why the wind had whistled to him that night, and the chamberlain told him all how he had given him a sleeping draught, and how a poor maiden had come to speak, and spoken to him in his chamber, and was, and was to come again that night. Then the prince took care to throw away the sleeping draught, and when Lily came and began to tell him that woes had befallen her, and how faithful and true to him she had been, he knew his beloved wife's voice, and sprang up and said, You have awakened me as a, from a dream for this strange princess. Had thrown a spell around me so that I'd forgotten, altogether forgotten about you. But heaven hate has sent me, sent you to me in a lucky hour. And they stole away out of the palace by the night and seated themselves on the griffin and flew back over the, the red sea. When they were um, halfway across, Lily let the nut fall into the water, and immediately a large nut tree arose from the sea. And whereon the griffin rested for a while, then carried them safely home. There they found their child now grown up to be compl- comply and fair. And after all their troubles, they lived happily, after- lived happily together to the end of their days. The End.